The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. If you want the answers, you're in the right place at the right time. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies to help you gain control over your life with MS using only the best insights, advice, and research from top industry experts. Not only that, you'll learn MS-specific exercises and tips to stay consistent, motivated, and inspired. Ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to The Missing Link. We have Ardra Shepherd back with us today who, if you don't remember, we had her on our launch day episode and she shared tons of life hacks and products with us for living in easier life with MS, with mobility, getting dressed, showering, all that good stuff. So we have her back with us today. And also as a reminder, her blog is tripping on air. If you haven't yet gone to it, hopefully you did after watching or listening to that first episode, but definitely a must listen to. Thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Gretchen. Very happy to be here. Of course. So what I really, really want to talk about today is this new show that you are hosting. I saw just a a little bit about it and it looks so interesting in many aspects, but can you tell us a little bit about it? I am so excited for this show. I don't have human babies, but this feels like my child. (laughs) It's called Fashion Dis. It is a makeover show that celebrates the fashion and beauty potential of people with disabilities. So when I first started to need to use mobility aids several years ago now, I don't know, five years ago, I guess, I was like scouring the internet looking for style role models. And this was like 2017, the whole like babes with mobility aids community did not exist. Like it feels like it's been around now for a while, but it actually, it really has actually been fast. It's taken off really quickly. But in 2017, this was pre Selma and her red carpet cane moment. I couldn't find any style icons who are mobility aid users anywhere. And so, you know, that was like that was a barrier to me for feeling like I could take this on as part of my new look, I guess. And it didn't help that the rollator that I came home with was so ugly and and medical looking. This was before I discovered that there were better looking devices out there too. So this show is really like born out of that idea of, of how much people with disabilities have been left out of the fashion and beauty space forever. But also, you know, there's a real burgeoning market of accessible and adaptive clothing because seated body types, people with uh, dexterity issues, any number of things that impact your ability to dress can also limit your access to the fashion and beauty world. And so We wanted to highlight the brands that are 
uh, making that world more available and more inclusive. And I think this whole like body positivity movement is so amazing, but I also feel like it's kind of left disability out of the picture. So we are uh, aiming to change that. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you because something like that is necessary. That is the first, and that's very rare to be able to say that you're the first at anything, but I don't know anything else out there that is displaying something in this way. So I am so excited that you're doing that. When did you come up with the idea for that? I started pitching this idea probably four years ago. So I had written an article for ExoJane when ExoJane was still around. And I took a couple of my friends, one was a wheelchair user and one used a walker. And on the time I, at the time I was on a cane and uh, ExoJane had, had commissioned the article. I'd pitched it to them and they were going to pay me some money. So I hired a photographer I gave the girls makeovers. I dressed them in my clothes. Um, (laughs) And we just had this like day of beauty and this photo shoot that really celebrated. And I just saw how much it impacted them and like what a special, awesome day it was. And so I thought like, yeah, I just, I am, I just, just wanting to see myself represented that way too. So I hired a photographer. I have beautiful professional photos of me using my mobility aids. And I I feel like we don't see these images in fashion magazines, but we should. And so if we can equip people with these images through this experience of the show, then we add to the canon of um, like high fashion images that celebrate disability in an inclusive way. So, so yeah, I think I pitched this, I started pitching it like probably four or five years ago, it takes forever to get anything made in this world, but it's finally happening. And um, I feel like also we're meeting the moment, like the world is actually finally ready for it too. That's so true. If, if, if this had been launched, even just a year or two years ago, I don't know that timing was ready for, I feel like the world is in a place right now where yes, body positivity is being talked about more, but even disability is being talked about more and accessibility. Like that's a huge conversation right now. Obviously we have a long, long, long way to go with that. But I remember I'm ashamed at how recent this was. It was definitely within the last year, but I was shopping at Target and I saw that one of the ads that they have in their store was someone who was using a cane and it shocked my eye. I was like, whoa, that's amazing. Like And part of me was so happy. I was like, thank God, why did it take this long? But then another part of me was disappointed. Like, why did that catch my eye? That shouldn't catch my eye, you know? And, you know, I think it's, it's not mainstream media that has forced this change. It really comes from social media and this community just insisting on representation. And I think it's uh, when social media is at its best, you know, when we can affect real change. And we've seen, and then it, you know, it becomes mainstream and we've seen the ability of, of media and storytelling to affect meaningful change in other marginalized communities. So I feel like, um, yeah, disability is, is about to experience some, some positive changes too. Yes. So what tips would you give to someone who is wanting to be an advocate, but either doesn't know how, doesn't know what to say, where to say it, 
And also maybe they're a little bit shy, but they do, they want to do something to help move things forward and play their role in this. What, any tips there? Yeah. I mean, certainly, I mean, I feel like anybody with a disability or anybody from any marginalized community may from time to time feel the pressure to be an advocate or, or a spokesperson. It's certainly not your responsibility to be that. It's really like, it's up to you if that's something that you want to pursue. And you, you don't have to, you are only required to share as much of your story as you want to. You know, I see this even in the MS community of people who feel that they're sharing too much or, or not enough. You don't owe anyone any of your good days or any of your bad days. It's really like, you know, maintain your own boundaries and sense of what you feel comfortable, safe and sharing. And then, yeah, I don't, that's, that's a tough question. I think there's so many ways like big and small to just support people within the community and to, yeah, but I, I guess I really feel like something that has been holding back disability advocacy is the reluctance of people to identify as disabled or to take pride in a disabled identity. So unlike other marginalized communities where there is a lot of pride in identity, it can still feel a bit weird to say um, for some, for me even, um, to say I'm proud to be disabled. And that pride isn't about saying I love my disability or you know, I'm happy that I have it, but it's about saying that I don't deserve to be treated less than or othered. And I think we can only advocate for ourselves as one voice if we come together and self-identify. If we use words like handicapable or differently abled, then we're saying that there's no problem, that, you know, we've got it. We don't need we don't need changes to be made. We don't need anything to be fixed. And that's, that's just not true. Right. And honestly, I think that's a perfect answer. Even just hearing you say it in that way, I feel like you're giving people permission to just do what they want. There is no right way. There's nothing that you're supposed to share or should share. And just hearing you say it like that, I feel like takes a weight off your shoulders. Like, okay, there's no right or wrong. Just do what you want. And if you don't want to do it, that's okay too. So I love that message. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, you know, uh, you're just human, you know, you don't owe anybody anything. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your thoughts? And we've talked a little bit about this already, but with the stigma that comes with, of course, rollators and walkers in general, mobility aids, that's the one that I hear most just because I'm a physical therapist, but stigma and being able to view yourself in a different way, like how, and this is so individualized, but how do you personally do that? How did you flip that? Was it truly finding a mobility aid that you just thought looked more fashionable and that really excited you and it flipped your mindset or did it require more work? This is, I feel like, oh, there's so much to unpack here, but I'll tell you how I was raised. When I was nine, I had a stamp collection, very cool. Um, <laughs> and I entered uh, this, like, they have like stamp fairs and you prepare pages and any, my, uh, my like stamp collecting theme was royalty. So I like, I had like stamps with princesses on them and I, my pages had like 
puffy pen, gel pen, glitter. Like they did not look like all the other nerdy, like super, <laughs> like whatever. And so I entered this exhibition and I won uh, an honorable mention. So I, I won like stamp books and free stamps and I don't know what else, but I was nine. So I had no idea what honorable mention was. I never heard that term before. And my mom convinced me that honorable mention was better than first prize because it was something they had to invent just for me because they'd like seen my presentation and realized it was that good. So all this to say, <laughs> my mom created like a monster with like high self-esteem. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, the idea that when I started to need a mobility aid that I had to be like recategorized and taken down a peg, I was just like, no, like, I don't accept that. I'm like the honorable mention. Okay. That's better than first place. But I will say like this stigma that is so inherent. It's so, you know, like it's one of the first things that almost everyone with MS is told is uh, not everyone with MS ends up in a wheelchair. Doctors say this, we hear it constantly. And it sounds like it's supposed to be comforting, but it's actually really problematic because right out of the gate, you're villainizing a wheelchair. The term end up is bullshit. It's not the end. Wheelchair is a device that helps you keep living. It's like eyeglasses that help you see. Um, Language and the way we say it is so important, you know, and instead of saying not everyone with MS ends up in a wheelchair, which incidentally, if you do need a wheelchair, makes you feel like you're an outlier, like you failed at having MS. You know, what doctors could say is, we hope you won't need a wheelchair. If you do, here's what we can do. Like, here's what we will do. Um, Because it really does make it sound like it's the end and it's the worst thing that can happen. And it absolutely isn't. I love that. And I think honestly, I think that should be a class in medical school, like how to one thing this gets on my nerves so much when I hear any type of medical professionals say, you know, and because we're talking about MS, I'll use that as an example. But when they say my MS patients, blah, blah, blah. And that just bothers me so much because you're putting MS first. You're making it sound like MS is that person. That's how you're identifying that person. Yeah. So instead of my client with MS or my patient with MS, this person with MS, it's a person first. And it's not talked about as much. And people don't even realize these doctors often don't hear it. They think they're saying something fine. Or as you're saying, you know, when you say you probably won't end up in a wheelchair, you might not end up there. They do probably think that's a good thing. I think there needs to be a lot of education around communication. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not comforting. I don't think many people leave that meeting thinking phew, right? It's like, all you hear is the end is wheelchair. And I, I also feel like a lot of patients, when they get to a more progressive stage, they feel left behind by their doctors and, and a bit dismissed and a bit like wash our hands. There's nothing, there's nothing more we can do. Like, so, um, I think that whole, like what they're saying is also, you know, how a lot of them also act and behave, you know, like it, it is the end. You're not, you're not modifiable. So yeah, but I think it, like it's going to take a long time to unravel culturally what we, how we feel about uh, mobility aids and, and wheelchairs in particular, but bit yeah. by bit. So my last question for you, and this might be a challenging question. I'm not sure. We'll see. 
what are your ideas? And I'll preface this actually by saying your new TV show is going to be amazing for inclusion, just making people feel like they're not alone and, and just ideas. Oh my gosh, I'm just so excited for it. But my question is, what are steps or things that you think could be next to help with inclusion or to, you know, to help break that stigma and support people with MS as well as other neurological or other diseases? Yeah, so I think that people generally believe what you believe about yourself. So I think if we want to change how the world views disability, we first have to change what we think about ourselves. And that's not easy, but I really do think that finding your own self-worth and your own peace um, and your own pride in who you are is so important and so powerful, but I think it's also contagious. I love that. That's so true. So just to recap, the show is Fashion Dis. And can you tell us, I don't know if you mentioned it, when will it be released? When can we find it and where can we find it? Yeah. So tentatively uh, spring 2022. So soon. And uh, yeah, I don't have too many more details. It's a Canadian production, but it will be available online. Um, And if you just like check in with my blog, I'm going to be making a ton of noise about it. So uh, yeah, you'll hear about it. Awesome. And once it is released, I will definitely share the link in the show notes. I'll come back to this episode and share the link in here. Awesome. Thanks, Um, Of course. And just as a reminder for those that didn't catch it in the beginning, where can people find you? Tripping on air, uh, trippingonair.com or uh, MS underscore tripping on air. I'm on Facebook, tripping on air. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Ardra, for being here with us again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am beyond grateful to have you as a listener. So as a thank you, I have something special just for you. I created a bundle of resources exclusive for the listeners of the Missing Link podcast who are looking for more guidance and tips to champion your life with MS. To get these resources, head over to msinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a friend. Or if you're on social media, take a screenshot right now and post it to your page or your stories and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to other MS warriors. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link podcast.